0: is returning to san jose california what is WorldCon? the 76th world science fiction convention is the world's fair of science fiction writers readers and fans from around the globe will converge on the san francisco bay area this august to mingle read write play geek out and celebrate all aspects of science fiction fantasy gaming costuming and more the highlight of the weekend will be the presentation of the hugo awards on sunday evening
1: For more information, visit WorldCon76.org
0: to join the thousands of attending members in San Jose from August 16th to the 20th, 2018. You can get the latest from WorldCon76 on Twitter at WorldCon2018 and on Facebook at WorldCon76. uh... Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont.
1: And I'm Tom Merritt.
0: Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you.
1: And before the show, Veronica talks me into drinking.
0: (laughs) Okay, that sounds like I peer pressured you. I didn't. I just said, oh, I'm just having the same thing I had a couple of weeks ago. And then Tom said, I'm having orange juice. Wait. That's just because it was a thing I was drinking before the show. I wasn't intentionally not drinking. Maybe I should get a beer. I'm going to go get a beer. Is that okay?
1: You barely had to say anything. (laughs) Actually, I didn't even get a beer. I got a cider.
0: Okay. So you went from one fruit juice to another.
1: I did. (laughs) Actually,
0: one's just a little
1: harder. Uh, I'm having a Strongbow gold apple cider. Uh, I'm a big fan of cider, and Strongbow is one of my faves.
0: I like Strongbow, too. That's a good cider. I'm having, once again, the Unaloo Rosé. Uh, it's a rosé that comes in a can. Uh, I think that's kind of neat. You can buy it in a four-pack and from Scribe uh, Vineyards, and I enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is neat that it comes in a can and is good.
0: <laughs> it's weird, though. It tastes... Where it does I grew not up, when the wine good. came in
1: a can, that was an indication it wasn't good. So. Yeah, it's
0: supposed to be, like, cute, you know? Mm. Like, uh, I... Um, What's the other one? Coppola. Sofia Coppola has sparkling rose like champagne, like mm. rose champagne in a can also. Okay. And those come with little pink straws and they're adorable.
1: Cause it's it's all about the quality, right? I mean yeah. there was a time when beer in cans was considered cooler than bottled beer because cans were new, like back in the early twentieth century. Like, ooh, you got a fancy new canned beer. And of course, now it's the opposite. Now it's like, oh, bottles are classic. That's better.
0: Have you ever seen the how it's made for cans?
1: Uh, No, but my grandpa was the accountant at American Can Company. Wow. So I have been instructed quite often in There's a lot
0: of really interesting uh, technology that goes into a carbonated beverage in a can. It's pretty cool. Yeah, cool and my stuff. dad was a
1: food scientist, so yeah, pretty familiar with that stuff.
0: I like how you have like this food science family background and I've got like this toy manufacturer family background. Uh-huh. And neither of us do any of those things. No.
1: <laughs> I don't even talk about food.
0: <laughs> I hate food.
1: My mom was an aerobics instructor. I also don't take aerobics.
0: Did she do like like Jane Fonda stuff?
1: Uh, Jackie Sorensen. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hey, so that diverged weirdly. Uh, Let's (laughs) jump into the quick burns.
1: Update on the Tor library situation via Mm. Joe Informatico. Thanks for linking us out to this. Following reports that Tor Books uh, was scaling back library access to its front list of e-books, in other words, making libraries wait to carry eBooks until they'd been out for sale for a few months. The American Library Association and the Canadian Urban Library Council have both issued public statements protesting the move. Remember last time we weren't quite sure if we could trust the source uh, and we didn't know if this was on purpose or an accident. Uh, Mm -hmm. Turns out, no, it's actually what Tor is doing and the libraries are not happy about it.
0: Not having it, not having it at all. Yeah, interesting article over on Publishers Weekly, so definitely check that out. yeah, it's 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 a weird situation, eh?
1: Yeah, it is. And Tor has a very deserved, positive reputation uh, for being customer-friendly, for being author-friendly, mm-hmm. uh, for being good with the community. So I think it is odd for some people to think, well, Tor, I thought you were the good guys, when the fact is... They've only ever done any of those things because they thought it would be good for their book selling business. And they must think this is also good for their book selling business. A lot of people are saying, I don't think ebooks really tear into your bottom line that much. But you know how things go in large companies? Maybe there's somebody who insists they are, and they're like, okay, well, let's try it. Let's see. And maybe they'll reverse it. And kind of hoping that's the case.
0: Ooh, a direct affront to readers who rely on public libraries for access to their educational and recreational reading materials. That's from the CEO of the Edmonton Public Library. Yeah. Oof.
1: Ouch. Not happy. There's not happy feelings.
0: No. Uh, Ian said, uh, Just out, 2001, an odyssey in words, which is celebrate the centenary of Arthur C. Clark's birth, where a bunch of great writers celebrate by writing SF stories that are exactly, wait for it, Wait for it. Wait for it. 2001 words long. Dun, 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 Pretty cool. Dun, dun. So we- <laughs>
1: uh yeah. Uh, this is this is great. And uh, it's got Bruce Sterling, Neil Gaiman, Alistair Reynolds, Becky Chambers, Jane Rogers. Like what a what an all-star cast of people mm-hmm. uh, trying their hand at this this challenge. Uh I I have to say I don't have any room in my my reading list right now, but I got to add this. I'm sorry. It's just too good.
0: I forgive you. Um, <laughs> I would do this. You know how I would do this? I would write a short story that was very superfluous with its adjectives and flowery language. And then I would just go <laughs> back and, and edit it down using Scrivener or something like that.
1: <laughs> and just like take out the superfluous stuff until you hit 2001. Yeah. So you've got like yeah. half the story's real tight and then The last, like, seven paragraphs are super flowery. (laughs)
0: Her hair was flowing red and crimson like the sunset over the San Bernardino Mountains (laughs) on a June evening where I could hear the crickets chirping adroitly in the background. I don't
1: know. This is turning into monthly silliness.
0: (laughs) But it could be done is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's what any of these actual professional authors did.
0: Don't you dare make fun of my methods, all right? I
1: did not make fun of your methods. I simply said... These authors didn't do it.
0: These good authors did not use that <laughs> method. Fair That's enough. That's all
1: I said. Uh, hey, uh, David wrote in, or didn't write in, but submitted this one. 2018 World Fantasy Award finalists announced. Uh, awards will be given out in Baltimore in November. Uh, so big congratulations to all the nominees uh, for novels. It is S.A. Chakraborty's The City of Brass. Uh, you yes, gotta read that. You gotta read that. I was given a, a copy of that to read in advance. Uh, it was very nice of them. John Crowley, Ka, Dar Oakley, and The Ruin of Amir, The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodora Goss. Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory. The Changeling by Victor Laval. And Jade City by Fonda Lee.
0: I also have a copy of Ka, and the cover is just. Gorgeous, like really, really beautiful. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, um, but I definitely set that one aside to, to read at some point as well. I, I just wish I was a faster reader because I have so many books. Too many books. I have so many books that I really, really want to read.
1: Too many
0: books. Too many books. Too many books. All right. Uh, Dara Dara says the final season of Game of Thrones will premiere in the first half of 2019
1: yeah so they've also settled on the long night as the working title of the jane goldman uh spinoff that is being developed it's greenlit for a pilot and they shelved all the other ones remember they were developing like four or five different game of thrones spinoffs in the world they've Mm -hmm. shelved all the rest the long night is the one they're they're betting their money on for right now it doesn't mean they'll never go back to those other ideas but they're putting pause on those for now
0: yeah, apparently it's uh, set to start filming in Belfast uh early next year. That's the the uh Jane Goldman the long night spin off the long night long night. Um so yeah, that's I'm excited for that. It'll tide me over, I guess. Although when I mean, nothing is will that? tide us
1: over until the first half of twenty nineteen.
0: I just want the book. I just want the book. Give me the book. Give me the book.
1: Oh, the book. Yeah, I've Give almost the forgotten book. the books.
0: <laughs> There's still books. <laughs>
1: Maybe someday there will be books. It's okay. Uh, a talking dog movie posted that Charlie Jane Anders posted the cover art and a blurb for a new science fiction fantasy book, The City in the Middle of Night, to be released in February 2019. And I'm a big fan of Charlie Jane's writing, so I'm looking forward to this myself.
0: Yeah, I saw her post about this over on Twitter actually, and I was very stoked. Um, I ran into her one time over at um, at Borderlands, and I was like, "What are you working on?" <laughs> and she told me a little bit, but you know, didn't give anything away. Sure. But I was very excited about it, so uh, I'm I, I can't wait for this one. I really loved uh, all the birds in the sky, so I think it'll be be cool to see uh, the follow up.
1: Yeah, this is a young adult novel, uh, not the same as her young adult trilogy, which is still in the pipeline. This is about Sophie, a young girl who gets banished into permanent darkness on a planet where the sun never rises or sets and only survives by learning to communicate with the creatures who live in the dark.
0: Sweet. And then, uh, final, I should have said Dara for the first one and Dara for the second one, just to oh, be extra just confusing.
1: Keep it, keep it <laughs> but moving. She
0: says that Altered Carbon was renewed for season two with Anthony Mackie in the lead role as Takeshi Kovacs.
1: Falcon from the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, will oh? be Takeshi Kovacs in the Altered Carbon universe.
0: I, I really like, I, I almost said the name right. I just kind of like mumbled the very end of Kovac.
1: <laughs> that's how they say it uh in world Co- properly if it's properly pronounced it's Kovac. got it okay
0: yeah. that's that's why i did that
1: yeah but it was very accurate
0: anthony mackie i'm gonna look him up i'm gonna google him real fast because i want to see his face
1: oh you'll recognize him immediately as Will falcon okay. um yeah 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 and and Remember, if you're like, wait a minute, he didn't play Takeshi Kovacs in the first season. Uh, It's it's altered carbon. You can stick your stack in whatever sleeve you want. So, you know, I I guess it's kind of a spoiler that they're (laughs) casting Anthony Mackie, uh, (laughs) obviously. Uh, But uh, without giving anything away about the plot, uh, apparently Takeshi is in a new sleeve in this season.
0: I love him. Okay, you're right. I did instantly recognize him. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. When you said Marvel, I immediately started thinking about like you meant cinematic universe and I went right to to Marvel television for some reason I was trying to think of. I don't know why, because I just finished Mm. watching Luke Cage and I'm catching up and I'm like, I haven't seen all of the season twos of all the new shows. So anyway, that's my excuse.
1: And you're sticking to it. I'm sticking uh, to it. S- Scott let us know that Hugh Howie's Wool is getting a new adaptation. 20th Century Fox previously acquired the movie rights with Ridley Scott and Steve Zalian attached. That apparently didn't get off the ground. So now Latoya Morgan will executive produce a television series. Latoya Morgan is writing the pilot. Howie is attached as a producer. Morgan is currently under an overall deal with AMC, so it would come to the AMC network in the U.S., and is no stranger to the dystopian genre. She currently serves as writer and co-exec producer on Into the Badlands, previously worked on Turn, Washington Spies. Those are both AMC shows. Mm. And her other television credits include Shameless and Parenthood.
0: That's exciting.
1: I mean, I hope it turns into a real thing. I, I feel more confident with it coming to television that it'll actually happen for some reason.
0: Does this mean Hugh's going to have to leave his boat?
1: Yes. Well, no. I mean, probably <laughs> but not. But if you're an
0: executive producer, don't you have to be on set? Nah.
1: Not, they gave him a producer title. He can just call mm. in.
0: We'll have to ask him on Twitter. Uh, so those, for those of you who don't know, Hugh uh, Howie likes to spend a lot of time traveling the world on his awesome boat. Yeah. Doing awesome things he and being a cool from guy. He produce
1: boat. He has a sat phone.
0: That's probably true. Let's get a Blue Jeans connection up in there.
1: There you go. It's an Uber
0: conference. You're good Uh to go.
1: Totally. It's like he's there.
0: All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Will wrote in uh, with an email from a topic that just won't die. He says, I'm writing in support of Double Speed. Okay. All right. All right. I subscribe to 110 podcasts. 110 too podcasts, many podcasts. <laughs> says Tom Merritt, who who produces too many podcasts, <laughs> just told you. All right. He goes on to say, I listen to almost everything between 2X and 3X. Pocket casts also strips out silence for me. Yeah, most get, of them do
1: when they, when they yeah. speed them
0: up. You get used to it. Sometimes I have to slow down foreign accents. There are two comedy podcasts that I listen to at 1x because otherwise it ruins the timing. This allows me to squeeze in over five hours of podcasts per day. I also subscribe to quite a few YouTube channels, which also must be watched at double speed. I can't (laughs) watch at double
1: speed yet. I'm I'm not up at Will's level. I haven't leveled up that far.
0: I, I kinda, I'm I kind of cracking up about this. And he also included an image um, from Pocket Cast, I believe, to which it says, since 24th of June, 2017, this is for Will's account, you've listened for 77 days and 13 hours. <laughs> wow. During which time, 27,915,262 babies were born. Wah! That's what the Man, app said.
1: That's pretty great. The Pocket Cast people are awesome.
0: Oh, oh, wait, no, there, um, there's a few more stats and then we'll move on. This is pretty cool. Time saved by, I love data like this, time saved by skipping, five hours and 41 minutes. Variable speed, 63 days and 21 hours. Wow. <laughs> by trimming silence, 13 days and seven hours, just by trimming silence. Yeah. Just by trimming silence. And this is why intros. I it. Zero seconds, he is not skipping intros.
1: Oh, he hasn't skipped any intros. Don't skip intros.
0: Intros are important. They are. Set that tone. Will, that's intense. Good for you. I'm I'm happy you found a system that works, but that would make me crazy.
1: Will, I'm so happy you found a system that works. I hope when I talk fast, it still works for you.
0: (laughs) You're going to mess up his whole game. (laughs) Uh, We got a tweet from
1: Bomwan. I almost said Bowman.
0: I think it is Bowman.
1: Well, in the Twitter.com, it says Bomwan.
0: Oh, you're right. It does. I wrote it wrong. It's Bombwan.
1: But it's Simon Bowman.
0: Well, maybe that's what his nickname so is. So it's at
1: Bombwan, but it's Simon Bowman. Anyway, all right, I'll change it. Uh, Simon says, <laughs> I hope Jade City is a good book as Amazon UK seems to have sold out of paperbacks since you chose it this month. Do you think we did that?
0: I think Actually, we Or have, was it we all of the of award power?
1: nominations?
0: <laughs> Probably that. Probably that. I like to think that we have some kind of like. Power.
1: Put it up over the edge, yeah. Well, I'm sorry it's sold out, though. Yeah, I hope it's a good book, too. Uh, so far, so good.
0: hmm And then we have another Twitter book review from Beth Mitchum, who says, Night's Master, Tanith Lee. I suspect Sword and Laser is getting more followers at KCLS, that's a local library, because it is taking me longer to get their picks. Good thing podcasts wait for me. This was a hazy, lyrical dream of a book, but with a lot of depressing sexism.
1: Oh, well, it ended with a, a bull, just an <laughs> accusation. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't disagree with her. I don't disagree with her.
1: I mean, I think there is room for debate about whether it's actually sexism or not because of, I don't think Tanith Lee is sexist. I was
0: really, I'm sorry. I was really hoping you were going to say, I, I debate whether or not it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That would have been I'm, funnier. You're right.
0: I almost made you spit out your cider. <laughs> you that did. was great. Yes.
1: <laughs> My bomb wine cider. Strong bomb.
0: <gasps> I, I don't think Tanith Lee was intending to be sexist. I think that women can still be sexist, even when they're not intending to Certainly, be. Or, it yeah, can feel, no, absolutely. or the character can be sexist.
1: I wasn't saying she couldn't be sexist because she's a woman. I just said I don't think she was being sexist. Okay. Well, um, Beth
0: Beth disagrees respectfully, I'm sure. Uh, right. I love her Twitter reviews. I think they're great. Keep them coming, Beth. They're awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you, Beth. Uh, and we have a Goodreads thread that you highlighted from William called Reading Where It Happens. He mm-hmm. said, have you ever read a book in the actual spot it happened? I, I have, and I'll add mine in a minute. I've had a few weird experiences. For instance, I read the climactic scene of Mortal Engines while actually flying over St. Paul's. Wow. I read some of The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter while sitting in a tea shop on Baker Street. Today, I read a key scene from Intervention, a life-changing favorite of mine, while sitting in the very spot it was taking place. This got me wondering if anyone has had a similar experience. Please share. This is my first time starting a thread. I really hope I'm doing it right. And that includes a wonderful picture of what he is drinking and his Kindle. At a look what looks like the pub with, that he was talking about.
0: Probably the tea house on, yeah. on Baker Street. And and he has a, a video or a photo, rather, of the, uh, the view from the airplane when he was flying over St. Paul's. That's pretty cool. Good, and yes, yeah, good Trike, Trike mentions, Trike points out that Tom had a very similar experience recently uh, where he was in London while reading The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter and then having the same experience back home in L.A. while reading California Bones.
1: Oh, I thought you'd steal my stories, huh, Trike? You kind of did. China t- that's my story to tell. Uh, no, th- those are both true. Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter, I was not reading it on the tube, but we were passing through the stations that I had just read about. Uh, and of course, living in L.A., I couldn't avoid California Bones. But the one that uh, that came to my mind immediately when I read this, I was reading a book about Watergate. It was not all the president's men. It was another book, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the title right now. But I was sitting on a park bench across from the White House, Weird. and as I'm reading this book about Watergate, this is when I was an intern in Washington D.C., it talks about a meeting that took place between two people at that bench.
0: Really? <laughs> yes. That's crazy. That's insane. like they That's met at a nuts. bench
1: across the white across the park by the White House, and I was like. This is the bed. Like, there aren't that many benches here. Like, this is pretty much that bench. It was amazing.
0: So not only were you, like, kind of living history right then, but you were also getting to read about it in a book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, have had this experience a few times and I think it's, it's a little bit unfair because I live in San Francisco where a lot of our books have, have seemed to have taken place. Mm. Um, so the first time I really noticed it was while reading the, uh, October day series by Shauna McGuire. Uh, that one is Rosemary and Rue. And then also, as I mentioned, all the birds in the sky, like a lot of that took place in San Francisco and in the mission. But
1: Were you ever reading about it while at the very place?
0: Um okay well for Rosemary and Rue a lot of the book I believe takes place in my neighborhood um mm, mm-hmm. so I would have been reading it in my neighborhood so I guess that was about the closest I've sure. come uh but yeah, no yeah. I I don't think I've had a, a as as close of a, a, an experience as you have with your Watergate bench
1: Yeah that I mean cuz these other ones are like oh I was I was reading about that earlier and now I'm in the region mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I'm reading about it and I go to that place all the time and that's cool but actually, the serendipity, like he was having of looking down on St. Paul's while awesome. reading about, you know, St. Paul's. Uh, that's pretty great.
0: That is great. Very cool thread. Thank you. There and and other other uh, Goodreads members are talking about their experiences over there. If you want to go check it out.
1: Yeah, for a first thread, cracking good one.
0: Yeah. All right, well, should we talk about the book of the month? I think we already we already kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier in the episode, um, but I have picked Jade City by Fonda Lee uh, as our pick for August. Uh, and Tom, tell us a little bit about it in the book briefing.
1: Sure. Um, the, uh, the book <laughs> is by Fonda Lee. <laughs> and it, just so you know, if you want to know what we're reading before we talk about it on the show... Be on Goodreads. Rob is very good about posting that. Or back us on Patreon and you'll get the book briefing. Uh at I think it's at, at the second level up, you'll get the book briefing, which not only tells you what the book is, but also what uh some some facts about it. Mm-hmm. Facts about the author, uh facts about the books themselves. Uh, so go check that out. But but really uh Jade City is a fantasy where Jade is a conduit of magic. So it's kind of like California bones in the mechanics of it, Mm -hmm. except when theirs were bones, (laughs) this is jade. But the jade channels the magic. Only a certain group of people can do it. And even among those people, there are some people who are born without the ability to channel the jade magic. And people who are not of that clan that can channel jade magic if they touch jade, it can be really bad, except for this one subgroup that is immune. And they can, they're can they the people who can mine the jade and who can carve the jade. The coolest thing about this that I didn't really realize until I was reading it, I know I had read that, but it hadn't sunk in, is the society is modern.
0: Yeah, me cars, too. They have cars, they have televisions. Is, this is the exact same thing I experienced. Yeah. Like I, I'm only in the, still in the first chapter. I just started it last night, but- for some reason, even though I knew it had been tagged on Goodreads as urban fantasy, like I mm-hmm. knew that going in, it still surprised me, and I don't know why.
1: Because I think because everything else about it is so typically the medieval era, right? Mm. Uh, in this case, it, it's kind of an analog for for Asian, Southeast Asian uh, takes on that, but. But but it's it's clans and and there's, it's a restaurant and that restaurant could be pretty old like it could be an inn type situation right it could be a noodle shop uh, and they don't really they don't really make it clear until they, sh- they t- suddenly she hits you with like and on television was like oh okay uh, and then they talk about planes and I think that's really cool to be able to maintain that fantasy feel mm-hmm. and not have the technology. Really, at at least, and I'm not that far in, and I'm not going to give spoilers, but it doesn't seem to be integral to the plot. It's just a thing like, oh yeah, if they want to get to America or you know the American analog, uh, you got to take a plane, right?
0: So maybe it's a little more like California Bones than than we initially thought, even. All right, just because it's got it's an urban fantasy book that takes place in a modern time frame, and that's probably really where the comparisons will stop. I would imagine. Um,
1: yeah, but- I mean it, it. It's entirely different in far as characterization. We're talking a lot more about clan politics. Uh, there are multiple important characters, including the new head of the clan and his horn. Who is the person who who kind of is the enforcer and his weatherman, which is kind of his advisor, uh, and the conflicts that are happening and the retired head of the clan is still around. It's 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 not you know it's it's obviously not the same story at all.
0: Yeah, uh, I've heard really good things about this book. Um, I know that a lot of people in the forums have been really itching for us to read this for a while, so I'm glad that we made it work. Uh, I'm 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 excited about it.
1: Yeah, I am too, and I love that. It's taking that analog approach to our modern world without hitting you over the head with it, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about a war against an invader that sounds very much like Vietnam, the Vietnam War, or could also be the Korean War, or really, honestly, could be Philippines during World War II, right? It's just vague enough... That it's not like, oh, I know what she's talking about, but still has that that feeling of reality to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we don't have much to say about the book just yet because we have just started. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to read it. and I hope you all enjoy it. And it is a kind of a new book. So hopefully there's enough copies floating around in the library universe. Uh, but it's also available on Kindle and I believe Audible as well.
1: Yeah. No, I'm yes. listening to it on Audible.
0: Oh, great. Okay, cool. That's funny because it's not on the on the Amazon page. The Audible version isn't shown there no, really? the way it usually I just usually went to Audible and, yeah. and did it, so. Weird. Yeah. Um,
1: if you give me a second, I'll tell you a little bit more about Fonda Lee, too. Like, she's she's very interesting.
0: She's on Twitter. Someone told her that uh, we were reading it for Sword and Laser, and she responded. I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. No, it's... It, 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 <laughs> it is cool. I'm trying to log into the uh, I'll, I'll just pull down the veil because I'm not able to do this as, as nicely as I, I thought I would be able to. Uh, I'm trying to log into Patreon <laughs> to get to the <laughs> book briefing mm-hmm. so I can pull a couple facts out of it. And of course, it's saying like, oh, we we need to uh, verify this device. And oh, no, that that password didn't work.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to read some blurbs from authors while you uh, get there. So, uh, stylish and action-packed, full of ambitious families and guilt-ridden loves. Jade City is an epic drama reminiscent of the best classic Hong Kong gangster films, but set in a fantasy metropolis so gritty and well-imagined that you'll forget you're reading a book from Ken Liu. And then from Anne Leckie, Jade City has it all, a beautifully realized setting, a great cast of characters, and dramatic action scenes. What a fun, gripping read. Do I need to do more?
1: Uh, no, actually that reminded me, she's a big fan of action films. And so, Lucky? Yeah, no, uh, Fonda Lee.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. Uh,
1: Fondalee is a big fan of action films. So if you like that kind of action film, especially that Hong Kong style of action film, gangster film, uh, you are likely to find a lot familiar and that you love in, in this, uh, in this book.
0: Oh, she got blurbs from all the greats, some of my favorites, uh, Anne Leckie, Scott Lynch, uh, Elizabeth Baer, F- Fran Wilde, uh, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Max Gladstone.
1: She wrote her first novel about a dragon on a quest for a magic pendant in fifth grade during a long bus ride to school each day and says, thankfully, it is lost to time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Authors are just like us.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Jade City is the first book in the Greenbone saga published in 2017. And here's what I wanted to get to nominated for world fantasy award, Nebula award, Locust award, as we heard earlier, world fantasy award named best book of 2017 by NPR, Barnes and Noble, wow. sci-fi wire and more.
0: Okay. Then I think we picked a good one. And Tor
1: calls it a mob novel. So it's not really just urban fantasy. It's particularly like, like mob fantasy.
0: I don't know if we've really done anything like that. Yeah. Cue someone emailing furiously to remind us of the mob of novel the elf, that we read. Like the Elf Punk seven book years was ago. very mob. Like, yeah. <laughs> thank you, I love you guys. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, as always, our show is entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you so much to all our folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com/slash/sword and laser
1: absolutely you can also support the show by buying books i know you're going to buy the books anyway uh buy them through our links and you pay the same you would pay if you were shopping on amazon but we get a little cut of it so it helps us out at no cost to you well other than the cost you'd pay for the book which we're assuming you would have bought anyway you can find those links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash
0: Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.